We're in a series called Kill the Spider. Kill the Spider. And we're talking about how the enemy doesn't have any new bag of tricks. He's been using the same tricks over and over throughout centuries to trap us, to ensnare us, to try to destroy us. And throughout the centuries, Christians have identified the seven main tactics of the enemy. The, they're called the seven deadly sins. A lot of Christians have, have written books about the seven deadly sins. We're calling them the, the seven deadly spiders. Pride, lust, anger, greed, sloth, gluttony, envy, and we're going to kill the spiders before they kill us. Come on, church. We're going to kill them before they kill us. Kill the spider. There were two men confined to a hospital room. They were in such bad health, they were not able to ever leave the hospital room, and one man had to lay on his back 24 hours a day because of his poor health condition. The other man, he had to sit up just one hour a day is all he could sit up so that the fluid that was on his lungs could try to drain off. And so he would sit up one hour a day. And, and the man who sat up one hour a day was posi- positioned by a window. The other man was not. And so every day the, for that one hour, the, the man would sit up and he would describe to the other man what he saw outside. And, and, and the guy who sat there for 24 hours a day on his back and just laid there, he, he just lived for that one hour a day to hear about all that was happening outside. And he, he, he would sit and describe to him about the lake that he could see and the fishermen that were fishing and all of the hustle and bustle of the fishermen. And, and, and you know, as the seasons would pass by, he would describe the, the mountains that he saw in the far distance and had, had snow on the mountains, the snow-capped mountains and the beauty of the sun hitting against the mountains and and this man just lived to hear his friend describe what was happening outside and he would describe the the city skyline and the people he saw walking on the streets and all the things that were happening on the streets and and just loved it but but as the seasons continued to pass by resentment began to grow in the man's heart who had to just lay on his back he began to resent the very fact that this man had a could could, could sit by the window and had a window view and he could see all of the beauty outside. And so as he continued to talk about what was happening outside, his resentment grew to anger. And as seasons passed, his anger grew to bitterness and he never shared it with the man. But as he would talk about what was happening outside for that one hour a day, his his bitterness and hatred just began to grow and grow and grow. And one night, the man who had a, the lung issue, the fluid on his lungs, he, he woke up coughing in the middle of the night. And I mean, it was a horrific cough, and, and he was trying to get his call button to, to call the nurse, but he couldn't reach it because he was so desperately just coughing and trying to desperately reach the, the, the call button, but just coughing and coughing and wheezing and wheezing. And, and the other man sat there on his back, and he had his call button in his hand. And he could easily hit the call button and call his nurse, but he didn't. He let the man cough and cough and cough until it was finally silence. The next morning, the nurse walked in and and she finds the man dead. And the other man said, since he's passed away, could I now be rolled over and have the window view? 
She said, well, sure. And she pushed his bed over to next to the window and she walked out the room and with all of his might, with all of his strength, he, he, he tries to pick himself up and he finally lifts himself up just enough and he peeks out the window and he notices on the other side of that window is just a big brick wall. Today, I want to talk to you about the deadly spider of envy. Envy is wanting what someone else has. Let me give you quickly the difference between envy and jealousy because people get the two confused. Jealousy is this fear of losing something or someone, especially a close relationship. Maybe it's a boyfriend is jealous of uh, his girlfriend's male friends or a woman is jealous that her husband's office is mainly women and there's, there's jealousy in the relationship. But, but envy is ignoring God's goodness in my own life and resenting God's goodness in other people's lives. It's ignoring God's goodness in my own life and it's resenting God's goodness in other people's lives. I think the best way I could describe envy to you is envy is feeling bitter because I believe others have it better. Envy. And envy affects all of us. I have four children in the Cooper home and... When they were younger, there was quite a bit of envy, like in, with most children. If one child got a new toy, guess what? The other ones needed a toy. If one kid got a new book, guess what? The other kids needed a new book. If one kid got a new shirt, guess what? The other kids needed a new shirt. If one kid got a spanking, that's where envy ended. Come on, somebody, huh? <laughs> envy stopped right there. Envy slowed down. And, and envy doesn't just affect children. It affects all of us. There are some ladies that envy another lady. And they envy maybe her legs or her nose or her chest or her hair or her career or her family. And some men envy other men. Maybe their, their muscles, their physique, their, their car, their money, their, their career, their home. And there's this, there's this envy or a person may have a home themselves, but they envy somebody else who has a nicer home. Or there's even some men that envy another man's wife because maybe she's uh, nice. Or, or more kind or, or maybe there's some women that envy another woman's husband because maybe he helps more around the house or more with the children. There are teenagers that are 14, 15 that envy another teenager that just, just turned 16 because now they got their driver's license or, or they, they, they got a car to drive. Envy is something we all wrestle with and envy is all throughout the Bible. Cain envied Abel in Genesis chapter 4. God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's, and it led to murder. Rachel envied Leah in Genesis chapter 30 and verse number 1. Rachel could not have a baby, so she envied her sister Leah. And then later in the same story, Genesis 30 and verse 15, Leah envied Rachel. The brothers of Joseph envied him. In Genesis chapter 37, they sold their brother into slavery because of envy. Lucifer envied God. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, you see Lucifer envying God and Lucifer gets kicked out of heaven. The chief priest envied Jesus in Mark chapter 15 and verse number 10. Saul envied David. 
David, the young shepherd boy, became a successful soldier and warrior. And the, and the people of the day, probably the artists of the day, they, they released a new Billboard Top 20 song that went like this. Saul has slain his thousands. David, his tens of thousands. And Saul became very envious of David. The deadly spider of envy wreaked havoc in Saul's life. And for the next few moments from the story of Saul and David, I want us to see what happens when we get entangled in the cobweb of envy. I want us to see how it impacts our life and why the Bible talks so much about this subject. The number one is this, envy robs you of peace and joy. It, it will rob you of peace and joy. First Samuel chapter 18 says in verse seven, as they danced, they, they sang this new Billboard Top 20 song, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Verse eight, Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? Envy caused Saul to become an angry person. Joy and peace have now been replaced with anger. Proverbs describes envy like this in Proverbs 14, verse 30. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Envy causes such inner turmoil that it rots people away on the inside. I mean, it causes this agitation, this irritation, this anger, this hatefulness. People full of envy are always complaining. And friends, the most miserable people on the planet are people who are always complaining. And when your life is gripped with envy, you're always complaining about what you don't have. And then you're always complaining about what other people do have and envy will rob you of joy and peace it will literally rot away the bones it will rot you away on the inside number two is this envy 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 creates conflict in your relationships it creates conflict in your relationships first samuel 19 verse 10 says saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear but David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made, his, his, made good his escape. Now, this is an extreme case of envy. Saul tries to kill David. Saul is riding away on the inside and attacks David with the spear. And the cobwebs of envy begin to spread so rapidly in Saul's life, he even tries to attack and to hurt his own son. The very next chapter says in 1 Samuel chapter 20, beginning in verse 32, it says, why should he be put to death? This is Jonathan talking to his father, Saul. What has he done? What has David done? Jonathan asked his father, but Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Friends, when our hearts get full of envy, you know what we start doing? We, thought we start throwing spears at people, spears with our tongue, spears with our mind. You ever seen anybody throw spears with their eyes? Spears with our attitude, spears of hatred, 
spears of bitterness. Friends, envy will wreak havoc in your relationships. James describes it like this in James chapter 3 and verse number 16. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. Whenever someone is full of envy, there you will find all kinds of evil. You will find all kinds of disorder in their relationships. Titus says this in Titus chapter 3 and verse number 3. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy. And notice the ramifications of your life being full of envy. It goes on to say, and we hated each other. Nothing will cause hatred towards others like envy. Envy will cause a king to throw spears at his own son and his son-in-law because, because you know why? I get bitter because I believe others have it better. Spouses will fight each other because one spouse has a better job than the other one. Instead of supporting each other and being for each other, spouses will literally be, get at each other and have fights because of envy. You will find co-workers stabbing each other in the back because one co-worker gets a promotion and the other one doesn't. And it begins to just wreak havoc in relationships. There's a third truth I want us to see about envy. And, and when the spider of envy bites us and our life gets entangled in the cobwebs of envy, number three, envy distracts you from God's purpose. It distracts you from God's purpose. First Samuel chapter 18 verse 9 says, and from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Let me ask you a question I want you to ponder. Who are you keeping a close eye on? Who or what has your attention? You can't keep a close eye on people and keep a close eye on God at the same time. If you spend your time focusing on people, it will distract you from God's purpose for your life. You see, one of the tragic things about envy is it takes our eyes off of God and it puts our eyes on other people. It takes our eyes off of God's good plan for our life. And friends, God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life, but you can't see it when you're focused on other people. And some of you today at all of our locations, Indianapolis or Oklahoma City Metro locations, Mabel Bassett, those joining us online, there are some of you today that you're so focused on other people, you're just distracted. Some of you literally spend hours a week on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, other social media platforms. You're just looking at everybody else. What are they wearing? What are they wearing? Where do they go on vacation? What are their kids doing? What do they eat tonight for dinner? Who cares what people eat? Come on, somebody. Why? Stop posting that. What are they driving? And you just, you just, you go to work. Just go to work. What are they doing? You can't, you're not even doing your job. Just what are they doing? What are everybody else? You're at school. What are they doing? In the cafeteria watching everybody at school. What are they doing? And you are bitter because you believe they have it better. And friends, envy will distract you from God's plan for your life. It's tragic to keep your eyes on people instead of on God. I, I want to give you 
three ways to kill the spider of envy. Three ways to kill the spider of envy. Today, we're going to kill envy before it kills us. And I want us to notice James chapter 3 as I set this up in verse number 14. The Bible has a lot to say about this subject. It says, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. I want to pause there. Because if you're going to kill the spider of envy, you first have to admit that you're struggling with it. And it's one of those sins that is so easy to hide and say, that's not me. And yet you are keeping a close eye on people. You are watching what everybody else is, you, you, is doing. You are distracted. It says, listen, don't, don't boast about it and don't deny the truth. Come to grips with, you know what? I struggle with envy. I struggle at being bitter because I think others have it better. He says this in verse 15, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. I've read this portion of scripture many, many, many times, but it struck me in just a fresh new way this week as I was studying. The Bible says that envy is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. It's a deadly spider that we must kill. And the devil wants to keep people entangled with this demonic spider, this demonic cobweb. But today, let me, let me tell you, today, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm here to help you get free. Come on, somebody's going to get free today. Somebody's going to kill the spider. Somebody's going to overcome this spider of envy and begin to walk in freedom today. Number one is this. Let me help you kill the spider of envy. Number one. Stop playing the comparison game. You got to stop playing the comparison game. Galatians chapter 6, verse 4 and 5 says, pay careful attention to your own work. Come on, at all of our locations, everybody shout the word own. That's the key word. Pay attention to your own work, your own life. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we are responsible for our own conduct. The Bible says pay attention to your own work. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. You see, at the very core of envy is the desire to compare. We compare our situations to somebody else's situation. We compare our life to someone else's life. You see, envy says if what you have is worth more, then I am worth less. You see, the compare game makes you feel like a loser. It causes you to find your identity in other things besides Jesus Christ. Friends, let me talk to you about envy. Envy distorts, it always distorts our perspective. When you look through life through the glasses of envy, you make your situations look worse. That's what envy does. It makes your situations look worse than they are, and it makes other people's situations look better than they are. Envy is a comparison game where you will always lose. You will always believe you are, have to be bitter because others have it better. Maybe it's the married couple who so desperately wants to have children. And they've been trying and trying and trying and they can't have children. And, and, and they look around and they see other people having children and other people playing with their kids. And, and they, they, they look at them and, and, and they so, so want that. And, and they begin to look and they, they say, you know what? I'm comparing my life to theirs. Look at what I don't have. Look at what they do have. And you start believing that I have to be bitter because they have it better. 
It's the, it's the compare game. Maybe it's, it's someone who just wants to be married. And they're single and they just, I just want to be married. I want to find that special someone that someone to spend the rest of my life with. And, and they just can't seem to find that right person, that special person. And, and, and they see their friends getting married. They see, they look at other married couples and, and they look at what they have and the love and the fun and the laughter. And they look at what they don't have. And then they get bitter because they believe others have it better. Maybe it's at the job and, and man, you are, are, are working hard. You are giving your best. You are showing up early. You are staying late. You're taking on all the extra projects. And man, you know you're doing a great job and you never get recognized. You never get a pat on the back. You never get a at a boy, at a girl. You, 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 you just never get recognized. And, and you're watching other people and you know they're not working as hard as you. And they're getting recognized. They're getting accolades, they're getting attaboys and, and atta girls, and you're thinking, what in the world, what is wrong? And you're starting to compare your situation to their situation, your life to their life, and you get bitter because you believe others have it better. And friends, let me help you today. Whoever you believe has it better than you has a whole list of problems just like you do. One area of their life might be flourishing, but another area of their life has challenges. Stop comparing their highlight reel to what you're missing. Listen, we all got problems. I got problems. You got problems. All of God's people got problems. Stop playing the compare game. You got to just stop and listen, listen, listen. They got problems. You got problems. And I'd rather have my problems because I know what they are. <laughs> you got to just stop playing the compare game. Stop playing the compare game. Pay attention to your own work in life. Number two is this. Let's kill this spider today. Number two, here's how you kill it. Celebrate other people's successes. Celebrate other people's successes. Romans chapter 12 verse 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. But you know what envy does? Envy flips this verse. Envy mourns when people are rejoicing. And it rejoices when people are mourning. Envy takes great privilege in other people's defeats. And to kill the spider of envy, you have to start celebrating other people's successes. You have to really learn to rejoice with other people. You know, maybe you, you are that young married couple and, and you've been trying to get pregnant and, and you're not and you just can't seem to have a baby and, and your friends are having a baby. All of them are having babies. It seems like everybody's having a baby. Would you just go ahead and celebrate with them? Just, you, you have to just learn to say, you know, I'm going to celebrate with you. I'm going to celebrate the good things God is doing in your life. Maybe you've been trying to get a new job and you've been putting out applications and trying to land a new job and you just can't seem to land a new job. And then it seems like all your family members are getting new jobs. They're calling you and telling you and texting you. Listen, listen. At that very moment, celebrate with them. Rejoice with them. You got to just learn to celebrate with people. Maybe for you, you haven't got a raise in three years. And you know that that joker got a race. You got to learn to rejoice 
You just right, right then. You got to celebrate with them. You got to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Maybe you've been desiring in your heart. You want a new car. You, you want a new home and you just can't afford it right now, but it's a desire in your heart to get a new car and a new home. And then your best friend gets a new car and a new home in the same week. You're like, Right then, you got to rejoice with them. You, you, you got to rejoice. You got to rejoice with those who rejoice. Maybe, ladies, you're in a room and another lady walks in and she is fine. And you know she's better looking than you. And you start to think, mm-hmm, I know all that's fake. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. You got to learn to rejoice with those who rejoice. You've got it going on, and I rejoice with you today. People's church, you will either be a celebrator or a hater. you got to be a celebrator. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like celebrating. What you're preaching is just not natural, and you're right. Listen, you cannot feel your way into acting. You have to act your way into feeling. You have to celebrate even when you don't feel like it if you're going to kill the spider of envy. That means when you don't feel like it, go ahead and write the person a note and say, I'm just rejoicing with you. I'm celebrating with you. You don't feel like calling them or texting them. You don't even want to respond back to the text. No, 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 no. I want to just congratulate you. Way to go. Proud of you. Excited for you. Go ahead and send the gift to someone and just let them know I'm happy for you and how God has blessed your life. To kill the spider of envy, you got to learn to celebrate and rejoice with people. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you, in Herbert Cooper's life, I've never felt my way into acting, but I have acted my way into feeling, and you got to just I'm going to rejoice with people. I'm not going to be envious. I'm not going to talk bad about you. I'm going to rejoice with you when God blesses your life. That's how you kill the spider of envy. And if you will rejoice with people, a cobweb will shake loose. You rejoice with somebody else, a cobweb will shake loose. You rejoice with somebody else, you will find yourself, every time you rejoice, cobwebs are breaking off your life and you're getting free. And sooner or later, that spider, you're going to be right at the spider. But you got to learn to rejoice with those who rejoice. Number three is this. Number three is this. How do you kill the spider? Focus on the good instead of the bad. Let me tell you what envy does. Envy causes you to miss the good in your life because you're so focused on the good in other people's life. Envy causes you to spend your time highlighting what's bad in your life and then also highlighting what's good in other people's life. Envy causes you to focus on the bad in your life. And if you're going to kill the spider of envy, you got to start looking at the good things God is doing in your life. See, that's where King Saul missed it. He got so focused on David. He got so focused on what God was doing in his life. He, he, kept, he got so focused on David, he was chasing him all around, trying to kill him in caves in the country. He got so focused, he missed out on the fact that he was still the king. God had been good to him. He had his family. He had something to eat. If you're going to kill the spider, you got to focus on the good that God is doing in your life. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 16 says this rejoice. Here's the key word. Always pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Here's what this verse teaches me, these verses right here. 
These verses, verses teach me that there's always something to rejoice about. No matter how bad it is, there's always something to rejoice about. This verse, these verses teach me there's always something to give thanks to God for. No matter how bad it is, there's always something to thank God for. You got to just learn to shift your focus from the bad and start focusing on the good God is doing in your life. I'm going to rejoice always. I'm going to give thanks in all circumstances. There is something for me to rejoice about. Oh, I woke up today and there's breath in my body. I'm still alive. I just want to rejoice and thank the Lord. There's always something. I just want to thank God for my kids that they love me or they kind of love me. Thank God for that. I want to thank God for my grandkids. I, I want to thank God that there's a roof over my head. I may not be living where I want to live, but there's a roof over my head. I thank God that I got a car. It's a hoop. They only got three tires, but I got a car. I got a car. I thank God for the job I got. I got food to eat. It may be ramen noodles and hamburger helper, but thank God for hamburger helper. Thank God I got a television to watch. It may be black and white but with some rabbit ears but I got a TV. I thank God for my spouse, for my friends. I thank God that I got my eyesight. I got to wear glasses. I got to pop in contacts, but I can see. I thank God that I can hear today. I got to wear a hearing aid, but oh, I can hear. I thank God I got clothes to wear. I got a little money to go buy something with. I thank God for my church family, for salvation, for grace, for mercy, for forgiveness. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I got something to rejoice about. I got something to thank God for. You've been good to me. I'm sick in my body, but I'm still breathing. I'm a little tired, but I can still walk. There's something good to thank God for. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Kill the spider of envy by saying, God, has been good to me. I got something to thank God for today. Hey, rejoice always. Rejoice always. Come on, we're crushing the spider today. Rejoice always.